Hey everybody, welcome. This is Bob, and uh, tonight I'm having a conversation with Jeremy Bryant from Paranormal: The New Normal and Maniacal Music Musings. That's a mouthful, Jeremy. How are you tonight? <laughs> it is a mouthful, and everybody always messes <laughs> it up. But you actually got it right. So, more love to you, Bob. And <laughs> I am doing great, especially considering that. Um, your episode of my show is going to drop a week from this Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. That sounds good. <laughs> I, but I'm, 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 I'm trying good. to remember what we talked about, to be honest with you. Hell of I remember. Uh, oh, yeah. We talked about, I only know this because of the title, but we talked about whether ghosts burp and fart. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, good conversations, you know. Tonight... I wanted to talk to you a little bit about basically just having a free-flowing conversation. That's what I like to do. And uh, my first uh, question was, so you kind of have two, I mean, is there paranormal music? Could there be a crossover between the two? Or how, what, what, how have you gotten to these two areas of interest that you're doing shows on? Well... <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> I started the paranormal show because I love the paranormal. And uh -huh. when I first wanted to start a podcast, a solo podcast, I said to myself, like, what do you truly love in life? And I, at that time, was right into paranormal podcasts. I was listening to a lot of mm -hmm. them, and I just, I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to be able to express my opinions about it and hear other people's opinions. So, hence, Paranormal New Normal was born out of that. But mm -hmm. I... I then met, on the original podcast I came from, Bracket Bastards, I met a man named Chancey Greif, and the two of us bonded over our mutual messed up sense of humor. I don't know if I can curse in your show or not, but, <laughs> <laughs> but over our mutual sense of humor, we kind of bonded, and we both love music, different genres. Well, not different genres completely, but we both have our own taste in music, I'll say that much, mm -hmm. and... I wanted to start a music show with him because I wanted to talk music with somebody and introduce people to music they never heard of. Oh, and okay. so I started a music show with him. And as far, so that's basically where the two came from. But as far as your question goes, God, yes, did they cross over? I am a huge fan of horrorcore rap and of symphonic metal, mm -hmm. two completely different genres, but both like to talk about spirits ghosts zombies and everything else in between paranormal related so oh interesting i'm i'm not familiar so this is fantastic so um i mean give me some uh song titles that would be relatable to that you know idea um okay well uh, uh, you know, artist and title i suppose yeah uh, okay well i'll go symphonic metal first because that's the first thing into mind uh um, so one of my favorite bands in, in the symphonic metal verse, um, Avantasia, which is basically Avalon and Fantasia put together. Um, they have a, their newest album is actually called a paranormal evening with the moonflower society. And it's a, it's a concept album. Like all their albums are concept albums and they're telling stories, but in, one of the albums, one of the songs on that album is actually a theme song for Paranormal New Normal. So, oh, cool! Because the course of that song is literally 
I see specters and ghosts all around me. Mm. And the whole album is basically about somebody about a young a young man experiencing the paranormal side of life. So it's interesting. And then another one of my favorite symphonic metal bands, Nightwish, has an amazing nine minute long song called Ghost Love Score. Interesting. And it's so that's the metal part of it. I mean, if you want to go to the horrorcore side of it, there literally is an artist called Blaze Your Dead Homie who is technically in character supposed to be a zombie. Mm-hmm. He supposedly died and came back to life and is ra- a rapper now. What? Okay. So that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. um, it's kind of a, a, a whole, uh, like Ziggy Stardust kind of a situation in that case. Like a I mean, character yeah, and, uh, that they've pulled in, uh, together there for the music. Yeah, he. I mean, that's basically his whole thing. Is he's a gangster who got shot and came back to life, and now mm-hmm. he's a zombie. And I mean, if you, there's also another artist called Kung Fu Vampire who is basically raps about being a vampire. I mean, if you want to go back to the metal side, there's a band called Power Wolf, who mm-hmm. all all they sing is songs about werewolves and famous famous werewolf cases throughout history and famous dogman cases mm-hmm. and vampires and all that as well. So I mean. There's a lot of different aspects out there in, in music cool. that have to do the paranormal. I, I had I had no clue. To be honest with you, I never uh, never heard of that. That's fascinating. So now they come together. These two things that you like are uh, are merging into one. Do you, but do you uh, do you cross over much in conversation, or do you kind of stick to one or the other for the shows? Uh well, I mean, our our music show has guests every episode so it i tend to bring an album that like the way it works is our our guests recommend uh brings an album that they love or a cd they love and they they usually have a reason for it and we try to me and my co-host try to match it with our own albums so i tend to go more on that one with what they bring and then if whatever i could bring that's going to complement their album or i think match up at least so I mean, I've had people on before where I can bring an album like Avantasia or I could bring, like, my co-host from my other show, Global Strangeness, um, was on our show a month or so ago, two months ago maybe even, and I wanted to bring this one Boondocks rap album for him because the Boondocks album literally has a song on it called Black Eyed Kids. Oh, okay, yeah. And because he's a paranormal, mm. because he's my co-host on a paranormal show, and I know he loves Black Eyed Kids, I had to bring that for him. Yeah, <laughs> and that's creepy. Those Black Eyed Kids are really creepy. Oh, that's that's one of the creepiest paranormal topics there is out there, and the fact that there are so many sightings of them, but there's so little information about them, is the scariest part. Yeah, that's a weird one. Hundred hmm. percent. You have never met a black-eyed kid, have you? Uh, I think my own kids act like that sometimes, but no. <laughs> Not necessarily, no. Not officially, I suppose. Uh, honestly, if I did, I don't know if I'd be here to talk to you, because I I don't know what happens when you meet them. No one really does, because it seems like if you see them and don't let them in, mm-hmm. then you'll be fine. But for those who let them in, we don't know what happens, because they are not around. They tend to not. There's nobody out there saying, oh, I let them in, then this happened. No one's saying that. 
So if you let them it's in, all being turned away, I suppose, huh? I mean, but it's not even it's not even just them knocking on your door anymore. I mean, I've heard stories of people running to them in the middle of a city. Like I, the story I heard was this girl and her friend ran into one. Like they saw this kid like at two, three in the morning in a major city. I forget which one, but in a major city, this kid at the two, three in the morning was just like kind of hanging in like a median, like in a major road. Mm-hmm. And they pulled over because they were worried about the kid. And they're like, are you okay? And then, like, when they turned the kid around, he just had full black eyes. And they just ran back to the car and got in the car and drove away. Because, I mean, Lord knows, <laughs> well, yeah, Lord knows okay. what would happen if they okay. didn't. <laughs> Lord knows what would happen if they didn't. But, I mean, the, the black-eyed kids are creepy. And now there's stories of white-eyed kids, which we – it's a theory now that the white-eyed, the white-eyed kids control the black-eyed kids. Oh, okay. I've not heard this. So this is something new to me as well. So, so their eyes, uh, they just have white in their eyes. They don't have any uh, iris or retina or anything. Yeah, it's just all white. Yeah, basically, there's no pupil or anything. It's just pure white, and yeah. it's it's scary. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a rel- it's a relatively new phenomenon in the paranormal world, and people are still trying to. Figure out what the I mean. We not like we knew anything about black eyed kids to begin with, but <laughs> right. now there now there's a whole new element to it. And it's just like uh, this is even more creepy because if there's something controlling them, what is this? Children of the corn? Yeah, really. That's weird. So, it's strange to be. So what got you? Like, if we go way back, what got you interested in the paranormal? I'm assuming it was something that was further back in your in your life, but oh, I, I mean. My interest in the paranormal goes back to God. I mean, I was a kid in fourth, fifth grade, and I used I used to work in the library on my lunch because I was a nerd. And <laughs> hey, I worked in the library. Get out of town. I mean, I worked in the library on my lunch in fourth, fifth grade just because it was something to do rather than having to go outside and play. And I really wasn't a fan <laughs> of going outside and playing at that age because I was always a fat kid. There's but a bunch of and, black-eyed kids out in the schoolyard. I mean, even before that, I was help. I was teaching kids in younger grades to read and all that. Like, I just, I don't know. I wanted to find more useful ways to spend my time on on lunch than going outside. But, mm-hmm. and I mean, I was working in the library, and there was this one book in our little. My elementary school was very little. Like, there, it is. It, it's not even open anymore because it was so little. They finally closed it down. But, um, it was really little, and there was this one book in the library I always came across, and it was a book about. Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and all the basic uh, cryptids that we knew about in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in the last page, there was a page about living dinosaurs, one of my favorite, one of my favorite topics. But <laughs> so that, that book is truly what sparked my beginning interest in the paranormal. And then through the years, I would wane in and out of the topic for a long time. I mean, I was a kid. I got distracted. But... <laughs> Eventually, I mean, eventually Monsters and Mysteries in America and Monster Quest and all these shows started coming on right. in my teenage in my teenage years. They started coming on, all these shows started coming on uh, Destination America and Discovery Channel and all that. And right, yeah. That kind, of, that kind of, yeah, exactly. That kind of reignite, I mean, Destination America is actually one of my favorite channels ever. And mm-hmm. it's hard to find nowadays, but. Monsters and Mysteries of America, that that show was so amazing. I mean, that's, that was what really sparked my interest back in the paranormal because I heard about things I never even knew about on that show. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just basically got out of it again because I went to college and, you know, girls, beer, all that fun stuff. And <laughs> not exactly that order, 
That could, but, be, um, that could be a whole other show. Girls, beer, and the paranormal. Oh, those those three don't mix. And I'll tell you, and I'll, 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 let you, I'll let you guess which one doesn't go with the other two. But, uh, but, um, in about in the in the I guess late mid twenty tens, late twenty tens, I started listening to paranormal podcasts such as Monsters mm-hmm. Among Us by Derek Hayes, um, Monsteropolis by the Small Town Monsters Crew, mm-hmm. and those those podcasts are what really really got me back into the paranormal. I started watching small town monsters documentaries on the paranormal mm-hmm. and that's just since then that's when my my love for the paranormal has not waned since then it just is and with everything going on in the world nowadays the government admitting ufos are real and whatnot and the next pandemic they'll admit bigfoot's real but i mean with all that stuff going on <laughs> that's why i keep that's why i keep saying at least but because they, they, they put in, in their pocket for the next time yeah Oh, the government's known has known Bigfoot's real since freaking Lewis and Clark. They just don't want to talk about it. But so I mean, since then my interest in the paranormal just has not waned at all, and it's just a love. A lo- I'll have that love for the rest of my life. It's never going to go away now. That's fascinating. But so so it wasn't like it, you didn't have an experience that launched you into this. It's more about uh, well, essentially being exposed via media books and television I mean, and so forth. Essentially I was a I was a very highly intelligent child. I was grades above where I, I was grades above intelligence wise where I was actually and reading wise and every other wise and I just I was looking for things that I could try to actually question, things mm-hmm. that need to be proven and that the paranormal is what led me there. I mean it's just I could have I guess I could have tried to figure out like a math problem that needed to be solved that hasn't been solved yet and try to solve it, but that just wasn't my forte. <laughs> I, I I was always more of a science-minded person, and I mean, the same reason why I always questioned religion as a kid when I was forced to go to church, because I questioned things that were not proven, and I wanted to prove them or not prove or disprove them. So, I mean, that's just, I never, I mean, it's funny. I, I, I The house I grew up in, from two years old to 20 years old, my parents built it. It wasn't on any graveyard or anything. So there was no experiences in that house that I, at least that I'm aware of. And I mean, I didn't have any experiences as a child at all. I didn't see anything out of the normal. I didn't even have a UFO experience until I was in my twenties. So, I mean, it's just, it was just a love for the unknown. That's basically what it was, a love for the unknown. So you think you think it so you think it's the questioning so the the idea that there's something that's happening and seems to be um happening enough that it there has to be something to it but no one's taken the time or had the uh the the right uh, approach to to figure it out I don't think it's necessarily that I mean there are hundreds upon thousands of people that look into UFOs and aliens on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, well, the government admitted UFOs are real now. So basically all those people got their justice at this point because the government admitted that there's something out there they don't know about. And, or, well, I mean, they're not, they're not telling us everything either. That's hundred percent true. They're not telling right, us everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's definitely <laughs> UFO stuff that they're not telling us. They've, they, I mean, I believe that they've known and met extraterrestrials going back to at least post-World War II, 
or to Eisenhower at least. I actually know of a, I know of an experience that Eisenhower had, but, and, I mean, other than that though, I mean the, I mean we may we may have met extraterrestrials in ancient times too. Who the heck knows? I really don't. I I really that's the thing is we don't know the full mm. details of all this, and that's the problem. But. I, I, and I mean, look at Bigfoot. There are thousands of people out there that are trying to prove Bigfoot is real. I, I follow a lot of them on Facebook. There are people that go uh, squatching and try to find evidence of Sasquatch in the forest and whatnot. And I know plenty of people online. I, I've seen, I see people online every day and groups of men that have had experiences where they see Sasquatch or live on properties that are huge. And they, there's this, these authors, Joseph and Andy, I followed them on my old Facebook page, not my new one. So I don't really see them anymore, but they live they live pretty much off grid. The internet's the only thing they have. They live off grid. And they basically live on a preserve for a Sasquatch family and they protect them. Interesting. And they post they post pictures all the time. You really can't see anything in the pictures per se, but there's theories about why that why that's true. And <laughs> I mean I it's I don't know. It, they, some people say that only certain people can see them. So, uh, other theories are that they're ultra or extraterrestrial in origin, so they have a way to block technology from seeing them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, bottom line is, I'll never know. <laughs> well, the, the hope the hope is that you will. I mean, who thought that One, uh, we would have all this news around, uh, you know, UFOs? recently you know, over the last few years ever i mean there was they were never going to do that the interesting thing to me is that um you know uh it came about at the same time where they tried to change the acronym so it's not ufo it's uap yeah and and so whenever they switched over to uap now they're like yeah it's uap and then they're trying to make it stick because they're they're giving more you know saying yeah there is something well, um, I mean, it's for you though. I mean, it's funny they create a new phrase for it, but yeah, it means the exact same freaking thing. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, unad- un- unidentified flying object, right? Unidentified aerial phenomenon. Oh, gee, right. two two phrases which mean exactly the same thing in this right. world. Like, let's just let's just call them Macintosh and Red Delicious. Oh, they're the same thing. They're just different <laughs> names. But that's that's the government always trying to control the language. I think uh, you know. Oh, that's, God. I, that's uh, I mean what they like to do. The, the government created the name Grays. I'm not mistaken. Oh really? I believe I, I believe they created the term Grays because people were reporting seeing these extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. and the government started calling them Grays in their documents, and eventually that got out to the public. Oh, interesting. I'm pretty sure the pub. I'm pretty sure the public invented reptilians. And I'm pretty sure the public invented uh, Norse extraterrestrials. But uh, yeah, the the Scandinavian people or whatever. The, well, the ones that the look white, like the what white we hair well, and all that kind of stuff. The Valiant Thor, which is the one, which is the one that Eisenhower met with uh, post World War II. Right. Yeah, and he he they have uh, him coming to. I don't know, educate or something or another is the story. He right? so. he was tr- he was trying to stop, well, not Americans, but uh, the human race in general from messing around with nuclear technology. Nuclear technology, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, 
he failed, but you know, <laughs> he yeah, failed. Well, <laughs> well, in a way, you say he failed, but I mean, in a way, there hasn't been. Uh, we're kind of on the wane as far as the nukes go. So the height, the height of it would have probably been, you know, in the eighties, um, and then after the, the Cold 80s, War, it's been yeah, kinda, yeah, it's been kind of waning ever since, and they've supposedly decommissioning these things, um, but. Again, it's really hard to uh, to know the truth in all that. Um, Supposedly, but yet I there are people who believe that even nowadays that North, especially right now, that North Korea and Russia are getting ready to unleash them on us any day now. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Who knows? I mean, that's one of the weird things. I've I always have the uh, um, here of late. I always think that that basically that where they're doing all these kind of skirmishes and, you know, it's kind of like the government uh, is kind of like professional wrestling. I mean, the world governments where, you know, they kind of have a, they go by a script and they yell at each other a bit and, and put on a show. And then we move on to the next thing um, because, you know, nothing ever seems to get resolved. And then, it, you know, we're not in the, in the same scenarios as we were in, in world war two where, you know, it was affecting everybody. Now these things affect obviously people in certain areas, but they don't seem to have as as wide an effect on the world. And um, and so, to me, that you know, kind of feels a little scripted. You know, you have to have a little violence just to keep everybody in under control, but you don't need to have a lot of violence. You know. Um, yeah, I, I, I have the idea. That's an interesting uh, metaphor, kind of, because I mean, I never heard of, I never heard anybody say that. Like they compare it to wrestling, the whole cafe yeah. element of it. But yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense in a way, because I mean, but I also think it's the, I think it's that fact that every country in the world knows that if they unleash a nuke, what the recourse is going to be. Sure. And I think it's, I think it's, they don't, nobody wants World War Three because that will right. be the end of Earth as we know it. Well, it's not good for business. You no, hey, we got to keep, no, keep all these people consuming. So, <laughs> we we'd be back in the Stone Age of World War Three on least any time soon. So, I mean, we'd be we'd literally be back in the Stone Age with nothing, nothing. Internet, internet be down forever. Right. Uh, electric, electric. We'd be lucky if there's electricity even after that point. And it just it would be. And I mean, once one's unleashed, it's just going to create a chain reaction, and it's not going to stop until pure destruction. So. Yeah, and that certainly is the idea for those things. the The interesting thing is you mentioned is that there is this kind of uh, if if we go back to to UFOs and so forth and, and aliens and whatnot, this kind of theme that they're always trying to get uh, the people of Earth not to use nuclear devices. Um, I mean, you hear that about you mentioned Valiant Thor, but there's been other things as well that. Have brought that there was, uh, or even how, or even saving the uh, environment. I think it was the kids in uh, uh, Africa who got visited uh, at the school. Um, yes, that was the message yes. that they heard is kind of a save yourself kind of a situation. I think that's kind of interesting that that these themes kind of run through things. What do you think about well, that? Well, I mean, there definitely is a theme of it. I mean, there's a reason that these UFOs tend to show up more at. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I think about it. There's, 
these UFOs tend to show up more at military or schools, military installations or schools more than anywhere in the world. And it's interesting because, I mean, it makes sense, though, because it's higher intelligence beings. Why wouldn't they be trying to educate us on what we should know in order to, because, I mean, Marvel Universe in the comic books put this out there a long time ago, like back in the early in the eh, mid 2010s, they put this out in the comic books where it was literally a, it was every major alien race in Marvel Comics, uh, the head of them meeting together in like a Illuminati in space type thing. Mm-hmm. And they basically said like, Earth is a backwards dirt ball, is off, <laughs> bound, is off bounds until they evolve to the point where they can be trusted. Hmm. Which I... It was, Stan Lee even said this multiple times, but, and it's debated, but I think that comic books take a lot from extraterrestrials. I think mm-hmm. that somehow extraterrestrials got involved in the comic book world a long time ago. And I think a lot of the extraterrestrials they write about in comic books are based on actual extraterrestrial species. That's interesting. So how many, so I've, I've seen things, uh, you know, as far as, Numbers known and so forth of different species and so forth. Have you read anything on that? I the, mean, the numbers like you know, there's, you know, fifty-seven varieties or whatever. But I mean, it's it's more than that. Um, I don't know if it is. I mean, I'm sure there is more than that, but that are known to humans. I don't think there is more than that. I think there's a lot less than that that are known to humans. I mean, I mean. Basically, the three ones I knew for a long time were the Greys, Reptilians, and Norse. But mm-hmm. I've now been hearing about the Palladians and the Anunnaki and three or four other races that were supposed to be here with the Anunnaki's, Palladians, and Reptilians since the beginning of Earth. And they were the races that originally fought over Earth and created either create humans as slaves or brought us here from another planet as slaves. Those are the two theories I've heard the most of, is that they either brought us here as slaves or they created us to be slaves. And they were warring over Earth. This is back when Atlantis Atlantis actually existed. And they helped make Atlantis the technology powerhouse it was back in the ancient times. But then they left eventually. They just, for some reason, they all decided to leave for the most part. Well, except for the reptilians, supposedly. Supposedly they built an underground city made of gold in L.A. But, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much I believe that one. I would love to go exploring in L.A. and try to figure that out. But, I mean, I, I can I easily believe that they were here in ancient times and that they helped bring the human race to at least Renaissance times, maybe, or before. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just, it's one of those things we'll never truly know, but... There is definitely definitely solid evidence that they were here during ancient times. Oh yeah, I, I think there's definitely weird stuff that uh, is out there. The um, interesting thing to me is, is uh, you mentioned the the slave non slave kind of situation, and I always wonder about that because I'm like, well, I mean, if we were, you know, built to be slaves or whatever, I mean, it's that's fallen apart a long time ago. Uh, in the, God, in yeah. that, and then what would we do? I mean, that's the other question would be, what we would built. be the point of having people, what would they be, what would we be slaving on? You know what I mean? I mean, I believe we, I believe we built things, whether it be 
what is now known as Aztec runes or what is now known as the pyramids or what is now known as Stonehenge or all. And I believe there's possibly a thousand other similar structures that were all destroyed over time. But they, but if there's superior technology, I mean, why have a bunch of goofballs building things if you can do it better and faster with technology? That's always my thing. It's like, we're, we're kind of like, um, you know, you have a dog and you may have a dog in your house for a specific purpose, right? Like the dog is your, is going to bark because somebody's, you know, walking around outside or something. But the, the care, the, the time and effort you put into care for that dog is way more extensive than the duties that he's assigned. Uh, you know what I mean? I think we would be kind of akin to that. We'd be way more trouble than we're worth. Um, if there's other uh, technologies available, which there is, it's called security cameras. But that's uh, I what mean, I'm saying. I mean, but you know, some people uh, say they have a dog. It's because they like the dog, really. It's not because that uh, you know. Oh, I mean, uh, as someone who owns two mastiffs, I will 100 percent agree with you because I question every day why I have them. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I love the dogs, obviously, and that's why I have them. But yeah. they are not security. They're not security dogs by any fucking means. I mean, they. <laughs> They they don't bark if someone knocks on the door, or rings the doorbell. They don't bark. They bark if they bark if they have to go bathroom. That's about it. But yeah. other than that, I mean, they or if they or I mean, if they see like a rabbit or a squirrel go past the basement window, maybe yeah. they'll bark then. But they don't. Crazy. They're not security dogs. They they serve <laughs> no purpose other than to spend my money basically. That's the only reason they exist. You, you obviously there's some enjoyment in there somewhere for you. And I would guess that that's the same thing. I mean, if if you were to to make the comparison, that's what humans would be. Would be we'd, we're just kind of like pets, wouldn't you think? Well, I mean, I think I don't think. I mean, we were slaves, yes, because we could be. But I think it's also because just it's extraterrestrial scientists, and they want to experiment with these monkeys that they find on planet Earth. Oh yeah, and like rhesus monkeys, right? Yeah, we always experiment on the rhesus monkeys. Uh, for various things because it the uh, biology is similar, right? So maybe we're just similar biology to something and so they can run a bunch of tests I, on us. I think they came to Earth and they saw gorillas, they saw orangutans and all the other apes and they said, let's see what happens if we make these intelligent. Hmm. I think that's exactly what it was. It's just like, let's let's make these more intelligent and see what happens and see if they can former society and lo and behold we did eventually i mean but that's only i mean that's only one theory of where we came from you're talking to someone who was a huge believer in evolution for most of his life until he started looking into the paranormal mm -hmm. well yeah that just so, so evolution the funny you mentioned the monkeys and and i always uh, I, I can't remember if it was you and i had the conversation or somebody else but um i'm like well where's the humans with tails you know there's there's so many varieties of monkey, right? Well, I mean that would be Jason Alexander and Shallow How, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so there's so many different monkeys, but we're the humans. I mean, yeah, we have different colored skin, some few, you know, uh, traits that are a little different and so forth. But typically, you know, if you were to to you know stick us all in a in a, a bodysuit that covered their face and their uh, hair and everything, they all kind of built the same. 
and um, there's nobody who's got you know prehensile tails or or you know uh, feet that can grab things. And I would think if we came from monkeys, there would be some branch in there somewhere. Well, you know, I have to I have to disagree with you there at some point because one, maybe they got rid of the tails because it just was no purpose, and. I mean, bone, I, mean but... I, I mean, we have a tailbone, so that's the evidence yeah. that existed at one point. But I mean, but the se- the other thing, I can grab things with my feet. I've been able to since I was a kid, and my daughter is very skilled at grabbing things with her feet. So I mean, <laughs> it's yeah, but it, my... you don't have that big like the thumb is offset. The big toe that was a little offset that would be, help a little bit more. But that's I my, mean, but know, I, I thought it was with a variety. Is there's so much variety in these other things, and w- there's not very much variety in the humans. And so, I'm, uh, you know, I'm like, I, I don't. But, I mean, we we may share some things with the apes, but I don't think that we're. I mean, um, there was more. The there was, there was more variety though. I mean, we are Homo sapiens. There sure. was seven or eight other similar species of humanoid creatures on earth at one point in the caveman era. So, I mean, there was variety at one point and we all differed a lot physically and genetically. And I mean, the other ones supposedly died out. I mean, Gigantithecus, I think is still kicking it on earth, but that's a whole other topic. (laughs) But that would, that would, that would hold better for the theory, right? Is if we actually could prove that because then, You'd have this other, you know, branch. The fact that all these other branches died doesn't follow like the monkey that has all these branches that are alive. And then, you know, do we? Are we? Are humans so maniacal they just killed everything else? Uh, because I mean, it just it just doesn't. Um, to me, it just well, doesn't. Well, sort. I mean, we're maniacal and we're also musers, as my podcast says. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that. I had to. I had to do that. But um, I mean, we. We. I mean, that was the thing. We. It was. It was well believed by the evidence found that humans, that Homo sapiens killed off Dragampithecus, and yet, lo and behold, they're still Bigfoot. So, if they're not ultra or extraterrestrial, then they wore Dragampithecus. Fuck, I'm gonna mess it up. But they wore Dragampithecus. Um. <laughs> to begin with and they just basically said humans kill us right humans Whereas, humans go that way we go this way yeah we're gonna avoid we stay in people. the we stay in the deep woods and we don't mess with these people we just hide we hide we learn how to camouflage ourselves in the woods and we hide and that's basically why we still have bigfoot to this day and massive numbers according to all the latest sightings and polls i've seen but yeah, no, definitely. There seems to be, definitely seems to be, and they're in places that that you'd be surprised. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, really? They're worldwide. All the way I mean, down into Louisiana and stuff. So, oh, every nation on Earth has their own name for Sasquatch. Yeah, I mean, in Australia, it's the Yowie. Yeah, in yeah. in Tibet, and I Tibetan culture, it's the. Yeti or the or phrase I hate. The, the, yeah, the well, the Orang Pendek is Asia, uh, yeah. more like like uh, Vietnam and mm-hmm. not Korea, but Vietnam and uh, Cambodia, that type of Cambodia. Asia. But mm-hmm. 
but I mean, the Yeti or the phrase I hate, abominable snowman, is uh, Tibetan Tibetan folklore. So, yeah. and I believe the Tibetans have proven there is six or eight different species of Yeti. Yeah. See, there you go. They got six, and we got you know, we basically got Neapolitan. Three three things going on here. I mean, we. I mean, there's the Sasquatch in America, there's the skunk ape, there's the grass man. I mean, whether they're just different names or different species, who knows? They all have the different booger. characteristics. The, what was that? Wood the wood booger? booger? Uh, West Virginia wood booger. That's a new one to me, but I freaking love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to look it up. Yeah, wood booger is a good name. Um, so we've been talking about all that. But so let's tie this back to the to the paranormal so all these things are are essentially paranormal because they're not the norm, right? So, well, the definition the the definition of paranormal technically is science which cannot be proven but is believed. There you go. So I mean that's what paranormal is. It's basically science that has been proven but has a high belief ratio to it, which I mean everything in paranormal falls underneath that, whether it be everything from the more common ghosts and spirits to Bigfoot and down to the lesser known dog men, goat men, and everything else in between, like black eyed kids. <laughs> <laughs> like black eyed kids. So would you say um what interests you more, like your garden variety ghost sighting or whenever you get into these more esoteric things like the uh, lizard people, if you like lizard people in the swamp and so forth. Uh, well, they're, not, they're not considered reptilians. They're actually more, yes. uh, more like a, an animal than they are an intelligent uh, being. Um, well, I mean, they're believed to be intelligent to some degree, but they're definitely not reptilian in nature. I mean, well, yeah, what you're supposed to take over anything. They're just wandering around. Which, I mean, they, they honestly may be reptilians. Who the hell knows? But. It's what you're what you're, what you're referring to. The best example I can think of is that is the lizard man of Skateboard Swamp, and I mean, I when I started my podcast, I expected to be talking every episode about purely like well, hopefully purely about cryptids, Bigfoot, Dogman, and all the other lesser known cryptids such as Goatman, and <laughs> I mean even. Bear squatch and all these other things that exist that like <laughs> are questionable. Some some of these are questionable. They seem like fantasy dreams or mm -hmm. fever dreams even. But that's what I expect to be talking about. Never did I imagine my podcast, almost two hundred episodes later now, would be mostly talking more about the spiritual side of things with ghosts and spirits, with mediums, psychics, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and all the all these other spiritual topics uh reiki masters and meditation masters and all these other topics that were in the spiritual realm i never expected my podcast to be that and that's kind of what it became i'm not, I'm not even going to say sadly because i'm not disappointed i've right. had so many i've had great conversations with mediums and psychics and i love every single one that's been on my show they've given me content they give me great things to think about they've changed my life for the better i mean I am, I supposedly, according to a lot of people, am, am, am becoming an empath. My spiritual awakening has been happening. 
The podcast is part of that. It was supposed to happen. I was supposed to start this podcast. It was supposed to awaken me, according to a lot of mediums I talked to. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, did I expect this to happen? No, not by any means. I was just a guy who likes to talk about weird crap. But, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to take what life has thrown me and try to just toss it away. I try to roll with it. I try to awaken whatever's inside me. I want it to awaken. I want to be more than I am. I want to have a, t- a I want to be in touch with the spiritual side of life. And I welcome the, the day of my day. Of my awakening finally freaking finishes. I am hundred percent down for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So the reasoning behind that was, was because that were those people reaching out to you or were re- you reaching out to them as far as the show goes? Um, well, especially in the beginning, the first year or so of it, um, it was a hundred percent me reaching out to people because, or just me, me, me responding to people that were on Facebook looking for mm-hmm. to be guests or finding one of the many podcast guest sites I use, finding guests on there, like where I found you, for, for example. But I mean, oh yeah, which one was that? I can't remember. <laughs> Podmatch. That that, Podmatch. that was Podmatch. Okay, but I mean there. These sites help a lot with finding podcast guests, and I mean, Podmatch just my me get paid out in both my accounts on Podmatch just made sure I had money in my account to freaking not go negative for my next paycheck. So I mean, I love these sites; they they help me dramatically. But oh, good! I never, I I mean, I reached out to people for my first year at least. Now there are other other podcasters, other paranormal people that reach out to me, either asking to be on my show or asking me to be on their show. Either way, I'm not I'm not a shy person. I'll I'll do anything. But <laughs> so I mean, but uh, these people, they would tell me, they would also know that either during the show or at the end of the show, have some kind of all of a sudden they would have a message for me or messages for me. Or there'd be people in the room with me that these people could not have known I was related to. These people could not have known I know even these people even. There, there were details given to me that never could have been found out by Googling me. Because when you Google me, all you're going to find possibly is my podcast. You're not going to find anything about me personally. Mm-hmm. So it's just I've been told a lot of things by mediums and psychics about people in the room, passed on people, or just facts about me that nobody could have known there were things told about me that even my wife doesn't know for god's sakes just because (laughs) there was never a reason there was never a reason to bring it up with her so right yeah i mean it's just interesting so there's this thing it's a very positive experience i'm sorry go ahead it's creepy that's all all i'm gonna say is it's freaking creepy like it gets to it gets to a point where it's like it's creepy but it's like it's not creepy because they didn't plan this. It just happened. The The world is creepy. That's basically the bottom line of it. <laughs> <laughs> the world is creepy. There you go. That could be a tagline. Paranormal is oh, the new normal because the world is creepy. But that's well, interesting. As, <laughs> as I open every show with, as you know, mm-hmm. I'm here to try to make the world more normal. Does it ever happen? Fuck no. no. <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> But that's interesting that they know that because, I mean, I'm always, uh, for psychics and so forth, I'm always kind of skeptical because, you know, it it's so, 
these days it's easier than ever to find certain information on people. You're telling me that your experiences have been that they're finding information that the, that doesn't exist uh, at their fingertips, essentially, and is and you've never interacted with these people before, and so therefore they're really pulling this kind of they're pulling this stuff from somewhere. That I mean, is not, put it this way, uh, a source. Put it this way. After shows went off the air, I've been told things by psychics. Like, I've had names brought up from deceased relatives. And I trust me, I Google myself on the regular because I'm a podcaster and I need to know what's out there about me. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing on me. There's nothing on me on Google. Nothing. I've never, I never had, I never committed any crimes. I never done anything that would bring me on, bring me up on Google. So mm-hmm. the only thing you find on Google is either is mainly me guesting another podcast because I don't even put my full name out there on my podcast. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, I put put out there on the screen, but you, I don't type it out on like my descriptions or anything. Right. And it's yes, it's on the name of my podcast, like it's underneath that it says my full name. But still, like you cannot find things about me. Like you're not going to know who my grandparents were. You're not going to know who my parents were, parents are. You're not going to know who my best friend was that passed away. The six years ago, seven years, uh, five years ago, whatever the, the heck it was. But I mean, you're you're not gonna know this stuff, and yet these spirits are supposedly around me when I'm podcasting, and this ties into my empathic abilities because I sense things while podcasting. I get a tingly feeling in the middle of my freaking brain when I'm podcasting sometimes, and it's only when we're getting to the deep stuff, when we're getting to the deep conversations, that's when it happens, and that's like that, that when they when i started being told i was an empath i was like i never thought of that even but that makes sense that totally ties in with everything i've been feeling because i i mean i basically i i usually podcast in my garage but i don't do that right now because of the freaking freezing cold temperatures in, <laughs> yeah, the, North, in the northeast and i'm not trying to freaking freeze I, I, i've already shivered out there enough this winter and i'm podcasting aside as much as possible around the front porch when I can't, but <laughs> at least I could, I could heat the front porch a lot better than I could heat the garage, but so, I mean, it's a whole thing where it's just it's mysterious, it's unknown I'm being told things about me that I, that people can't know that people wouldn't know, and it's just it's just, it's mind-blowing it really, like, on a daily basis, it blows my mind when I think about it that's wild. Yeah, I've never had that experience yet, but I, I haven't talked to a lot of uh, uh, folks in that realm, I suppose. Um, well, put it this way. I'm like you. I say this on my show all the time. I grew up in the 90s. The psychics, the mediums, were the people that you saw with the little storefront on Main Street or whatever. They usually was their house, and they had like the front porch as like a space to work their psychicness or mediumness and i was told by my, by my parents oh they're all swindlers avoid them same thing when you go to carnivals or circuses like oh avoid the mediums of psychics because they're swindlers mm-hmm. and coming to find out when i started my podcast that's not true at all i've i literally had a guest on corby milt corby milt lead like guarantee mint lead corby mint lead mm-hmm. she literally wrote a book called the yellow brick road the yellow brick road guide to psychics Mm-hmm. About how to tell a good psychic, a, a fake psychic from a real psychic. So, interesting. It, it, and she's, she, I mean, if you ever can get her on, she's a fascinating guest. I freaking loved having her on. She's 
so she's so witty and so smart mouth that's freaking amazing to have her on but i also have to get her back on because she's she was a pleasure to have on but so i mean there are the psychics are real i have no doubt in my mind yes they may have been more fraudulent in the 90s and whatnot early 2000s because they weren't appreciated so the real ones didn't come out to play at that point and plus the spiritual awakening's been happening more and more over the last anywhere from 10 to 5 years so more and more people are realizing they have abilities and they're using them that's interesting this kind of this whole topic that we're talking about is fraught with hoaxes and and uh, you know people making claims and so forth it it's it, um you know if 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 there was a way to kind of make that all go away, I think that this wouldn't be so fringe. You know I mean, you're, I mean? You're, I think... you're 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 never gonna make it go away. I mean, there's especially in this day and age, there's scammers and there's frauds out there for every category of business there is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's never gonna go away because there's a Ra there's Arabian princes around every corner waiting waiting to fax you so you can send them your money <laughs> to to help them. Right. So I mean it's the 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 ridiculous frauds of the nineties have just gotten worse than they're than ever. And I mean you you have to be careful who you talk to on Facebook nowadays before you, or otherwise your Facebook will get hacked and taken over. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, it just, ridiculous. It just so much though it just um it I think that's what makes it hard for people to have conversations if they're um, you know, worried about the stigma of it or something that that then they don't you know oh yeah well I mean there's so many documented things and yet even with that because of the um, hoaxes and so forth people shy away from it because of the fact that all that is going on as well and you're right it is it happens in every in every corner of everything nowadays um, but. Um, but because of the nature of these things, I suppose that that people get uh, scared of it. They they don't well, want to engage in the conversation. Uh, I feel like people are becoming more open to it nowadays, more than ever, though, because the world is a scarier place now than it's ever been. It's every year the world gets more and more scary than it compared to when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and and even before that, the world was a safer, way safer place in the seventies and eighties and all that good stuff. So, well. For the most part, for the most part. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say there weren't bad people out there then, because there was, but, oh, yeah. I mean, but. Well, this law of averages tells you that the, the more people, then there's going to be more bad things, because it, it just keeps going up. It doesn't, it doesn't go down when there's more people. Everything but just gets more. The way I'll put it is, if people want to believe in medium, psychics, tarot card readers, all this great tools that are out there nowadays to find out more about yourself, find out more about your future, by possibly. Possibly, because predicting the future is a touchy thing, because I don't believe the... I mean, I, I believe in fate, 100%. I believe there are certain things that are meant to happen to everybody at certain points in our life, so we can't control that, but there's a lot of future that's variable as well, based on your decisions. And if you truly want to find a medium or psychic that's tarot career that you can trust and that is real well one go check out my past episodes of paranormal normal you'll find a bunch of them because i there's not one person that's been on my show that i don't believe is a real a real professional mm -hmm. but two these people all all these people have instagrams facebook's twitters nowadays 
watch them. Watch, watch them when they go live. Watch them when they do readings for people. Watch when they do when they do card readings for people. And you can pretty much... It seems like they're just coming up with the common, obvious answers that everybody's going to get, regardless of whether they have abilities or not. Then they're fakes. Yes, they're 100% fakes. If Which they exist. I mean, I'm sad to say they do exist, but I don't think they should because... I love the spiritual world, and I don't think that fakes should be allowed to exist. But you can't control that. Right. If you want, if you watch them though, and they're coming up with things for people that nobody could see coming or couldn't be Googled, then those are the real ones. I mean, if if anybody wants a real psychic or real medium or anybody in the paranormal spiritual world to talk to somebody, somebody of some profession in the paranormal spiritual world to talk to us today, then come talk. Then message me, PM me. Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I'll I'll gladly answer you and I'll gladly point you in the right direction because I know plenty of them. Cool. The um so as we wrap up here, so what do you think uh not to leave out the maniacal music musings, but what do you <laughs> think the direction of paranormal the new normal is gonna take as you move forward here over this next year or so? Is there any area that you're more interested in than others now, you know, as you've as you've uh you continue your journey? Well, I mean, Paranormal New Normal is purely based on what the guests I can find are and what they what the guests do and what they are. And so the topics are going to go wherever the guests happen to be. If it's a Bigfoot researcher, then it's going to be a Bigfoot episode. If it's a psychic medium, uh, I mean, yes, we have been touching on more scientific topics lately because I am always on good pods between number one, number three, top science podcast spot. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm kind of, I'm gonna kind of lean into that a little bit here and there. And I've talked, I've talked to people who have, I've talked to people who can supposedly, I've talked to actually a lot lately of um, people who are into microdosing and who are into plant medicine. I've talked to people who are into these patches that can heal pretty much everything including cancer that um activate stem cells or there's another name for it uh gnkcu which is the name for in america because they can't say stem cells but <laughs> because fuck america but i mean i and we've been doing we i mean we do we do special brackets every month on paranormal normal i took a break from them for a while but Every other month, it's a horror movie bracket of some kind. I let my participants uh, try to pick the next topic with through a wheel spin. But and we the months we don't have horror movie brackets, we have some other topic in the paranormal world topics. I mean, for brackets, and it's it's fun. It's a nice little special for my audience, and I enjoy doing them. And I mean, all our previous brackets are available for one on one or two on one, three on one, whatever for other podcasters or just people who are interested. So. We, Paranormal New Normal was bringing you entertainment for many, many years to come. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, my episodes were running out, so that's why I actually know when your episodes are releasing, because I just literally edited it the other night. I have 30, 40 episodes still to edit, and we're not going away anytime soon. We're not going away anytime soon. I, when I do recordings, I record for weeks straight, multiple days a week, and I, 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 <laughs> I, bankroll those episodes so i have them in the future and weeks like this i guess that shows because promotion's a good thing but yeah 
and I like talking to I like, I like being on I like guesting because I like guesting a podcast because it's not me running the show it's just me having a good time talking yeah well speaking speaking of good times I didn't know if he would so I don't know if you know Jerry so I have been doing a, a, a stream of conscious comedy I'm going to bring him on here he's got a <laughs> stupid name on there uh, Miles are you there <laughs> Eat my shorts. I freaking love it. <laughs> I know he's going to be goopy. So, uh, but I, I told him to come on at eight o'clock, and obviously he's right on time. Uh, Miles title, <laughs> folks. Um, so, we do a stream of consciousness thing every week. And then I started doing these conversations because I got into guesting as well. And, I, and that's how I met Jeremy here in Paranormal New Normal. And we were just wrapping up, Miles, but I saw you popped up and I thought I'd bring you on to see if you had any questions for Jeremy before we uh, wrap things up. Uh, but he's been a great guest and, you know, we talked about some great things and you, I'm not going to go over them with you because you're so late. But I didn't know if you had a question for Jeremy that you wanted to raise here. Uh, yeah. Where are you based out of? You don't ask him where, where he lives. He's out east. Me I'm I'm out of Massachusetts. I'll gladly say that. I don't say oh, the city, oh. but I'll say Massachusetts. I'm not going to come to his house. I'm just asking. I don't, you know. I, don't. Oh, I, I mean, you you, you 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 be welcome. We'd have a beer and all that, but no, I don't ever invite him over to your house. He'll never leave, Jeremy. I'm telling you that this is the way it I, is. I I got kids. I'm used to that. <laughs> He'd be another child in your life what? that you don't, but the one you don't want. <laughs> Like I want to believe, but yet I'm skeptical too. So what what would you say to a guy like me? Um, easy. Listen to my show. There's 180, 190 episodes at this point. You'll be a believer at, by by the end of all of them. Trust me. Okay, I will. I will. The experiences I've heard about, as some of them may sound, some of them may sound ridiculous, but like Velociraptors fighting alongside. Uh, both sides of World War II. Velociraptor extraterrestrials, I should say. Not just Velociraptors, but Velociraptor extraterrestrials fighting along both sides of World War II. But, and yes, I I, I I literally was half laughing, half stuttering as I was told that in a show for about five minutes. But <laughs> and, and I left that the freak in there because it had to be left in there. But, so these I aren't mean, reptilians. These are a whole other species that look like Velociraptors, well, right? Apparently, Velociraptors are not just dinosaurs. Apparently, mm -hmm. they apparently there were some that were just dinosaurs. Apparently, there were some that, like the Savage Land and X Men, kind of evolved past that and oh, okay. became and became intelligent enough to figure out how to get off Earth. I, you have to listen to that episode. I can't even describe it in all its glory. But um, sounds cool. I mean, me. oh, it sounds freaking amazing. I, that's what, I, I was literally like mind blown moment, but. It literally was one of the only moments of my podcast I ever was silenced because I was just like so my mind was so blown. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, you listen if you listen to most of my podcast, there's so many experiences with spirits, so many experiences with Bigfoot, dogmen, and everything else in the world. Dragons, yes, dragons are real. Um, and there's there's so many experiences with everything else out there that you can't help but believe because these people have no reason to lie. Why would they lie? Like, they're just, these people are investigators. They're, they spend their time doing this. Why would they lie about it? Like, that just doesn't make sense. They're not getting, 
I'm not paying them to be my show. Hell, half, half the time I get paid to have them on my show. So why would they lie to me? <laughs> I always wonder if they're selling a book or something. Then I go, okay, they're selling a book. That's well, no. Thing. But if they're the not, ones that are, then there you go. I mean, yes, a lot of my, a lot, I'm not going to lie, a lot of my guests have been authors. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in this day and age, all you need to do is write some kind of book and Amazon will publish it for you. So mm-hmm. to, be an, to be an author this day and age is not, like, you don't have to, like, write a best-selling novel to be an author this day and age. Right, yeah, anyway, very, to be an author. The entry is very low. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of have an idea for a book based on my, I, I think I would just call it my view, my worldview. And it literally would be my, my view of the world through all, everything I've been told by guests and by my own intelligence of what I think this world is with every paranormal topic. And... I want to start writing it eventually. I haven't quite got to the starting point even yet, but it is my goal one day within the next 10 years to write this book. And I honestly, I honestly think it would be a bestseller because I my, I have this whole theory that's mm, very detailed and very unique. But, I mean, based on everything I heard, it seems pretty accurate. So I don't want I, – I, you can hear it on my show. I've got into this – it's called the it's called the Earth Prison Theory. I've gone into it many times on my show. Oh, okay, I'm not yeah, gonna, I've heard I'm, of this. I'm not gonna go into it now because we'll be here for another half hour. But, <laughs> so, but uh, it's I want to write I want to write it down one day and make a book out of it. But that will come in the future at some point. I'm working on too many other podcast things right now to make that happen. But yeah, we're like the Australia of the galaxy right here. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, ba- that's yeah. basically that's basically the bottom line of it. But it's very extraterrestrial base so well yeah. i'll get into it eventually. I'll, I'll write it eventually i'm sure but now miles we were just talking before you popped in about uh psychics and so forth and jeremy has had some pretty good experiences that are very um real right so there are things that were very hard for him do you have did you have anything like that i could try i'm trying to remember if you'd tell me anything like that have i met one yeah, no, I thought you'd talk to one at some point. I did. I did. And I I don't well, I don't know. I don't even want to say it. I don't know. I thought hey. she was foolish. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna well, see that's the, my skepticism. I was skeptical as well, but he's telling me that he's had experiences that were like, no. mind blowing. No. I'm not no, I'm not saying they all are, but this lady was like, Does anyone know an old person that used to su- drive a blue car? Okay. Your, no, grandpa, yeah. your grandpa did? Oh, is he dead? Oh, he he loves you. Yeah. See, see, okay. Mm, you know, that mm. that right there is the John Edwards type of biggest douche biggest douche in the universe, according to South Park, John Edwards. That's his type <laughs> of shit. Right. And I no, the the that is not a real psychic or medium. That is it's I forget the exact term for it, but it's basically similar to cold calling. It's, right, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's just baiting you with, with vague things, and then if you say exactly, you, you pick they, up, then then he's got you. So yeah, it's it's what John, it's what John Edwards would do on TV all the time. It's yeah, I uh, I see an older lady. Her name starts with a K K L L M M, and then like somebody would jump up eventually and say something because they're stupid. But yeah. I or mean, they want to be just, on TV or something. They want to be on TV, or they. They want to get fame or something, I don't, or they just want their, or even worse, the worst part of it is they want to be talked to by someone who passed and they loved. And this this 
fucking horrible man, John Edwards, taking advantage of them. And he's not the only one. There's tons of these out there. There's tons of them on cruise ships, on stages in Vegas and everything else. But the real psychics, the real mediums, I've been told, like, they wouldn't even t- they don't even tell me the name of the person they're talking to. And a lot of them wait till after the show was over because they didn't want me to react in a bad way on the show. Think mm-hmm. I would, like, call them out or something and say they're fake. But they would call, they would tell me after the show and, like, the details they would describe. Like, one of them literally described my ex-roommate who died in a... We used to live in, a tra- in my dad's old trailer together for a year or two alone before I moved to Massachusetts back when I lived in New York. And he died in a fire a couple years after I moved away. He was very sick and police questioned whether the fire was started on purpose or not, but whatever. And um, he died in a fire. They found his charred body sitting on, laying on the burnt couch in the trailer. And mm, terrible. It, it was very sad. And, I mean, he he wanted to die by that point, though, so I wasn't really upset about it. But I had a psychic straight tell me, like, they wouldn't tell me his name. They said, like, they started giving me details about him that, like, nobody would know him. Because he was not on social media at all. He hated being known by public. So he was not on social media at all. They started to give me details about him that nobody would know. And I, as soon as I said his name, actually, they were just like, he says yes. And I was like, shit. Like, I never imagined he would come through to me because he was not a believer in God at all. He was not a believer in anything at all. He was a atheist to the bottom of his heart. And if he gets a guy, I mean, I don't know if he's stuck on Earth somewhere or he's just like hanging out with me still. If you are, what up, Brian? But, um, I mean, I don't know where he is at this point because I just, I don't go, I don't go to psychics and memes looking for explanations of things. I don't because I, I feel like that's going to find fake ones if I do that. Yeah. I just wait for them to come to me and say, "Oh, this." I mean, I've had I've had both my grand my both my grandfather's present with me. I've had my grandma my one grandmother who passed present with me when I'm doing podcasts. It's and these the things they tell me about all these people, all my relatives, all my friends that have passed. Nobody would know. There's these are all older people that my grandparents are all were all older. They had yes, my one grandmother, my one grandfather had a. No, actually, none, none of them at Facebook counts. None of them at Facebook counts. None of them are on any other form of social media. You couldn't know they were related to me. I mean, yeah, you could find my first name in their obituary. You couldn't find my last name. So, I mean, yeah, I guess actually maybe you could through my mother or something. But still, nobody's going to go through that much Googling just to try to prove something to me off air. What? If it was on air, I mean, if they're trying to prove it on air, that's a whole other thing. Then maybe I still doubt it because I don't think these people spend the time because yeah. they're not making money off me. They're not making money off me. I'm making money off them usually. So why would they spend the time? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just my my logic yeah. is sound in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, so I mean, listen, but, listen to paranormal. Listen to paranormal. They're normal. We've had a. I've had so many great guests. One of my one of my first guests saw slash heard the devil three times. He literally was my fourth or fifth guest, and he still to this day is one of my favorite guests because his stories chilled me to the bone. And I don't even believe in the devil. I'm an agnostic. I don't subscribe to any religion or belief. 
I believe there's something out there, extraterrestrial or God Big G, I don't, or God's Little G, I don't freaking know. But there's something out there, I 100% believe that. I will not give a name to it. I will not belong to any religion because I think organized religions are fraud. But this, he, but he swears he saw the devil or heard the devil three times. And Christopher Susi, that's his name. He was one of my first guests. I have to get him back on the show still because he had more stories to tell me that he didn't get to. But I, he, to this day, almost two years later, Shit, that episode still shakes me to my core because it's just, oh, oh, I mean, Jesus. And I've talked to demonologists before too, and they didn't they didn't shake me up like he did. So that's a whole nother thing. And he's a goddamn actor. He's a actor slash writer. <laughs> I mean, he, he's not even coming on trying to convince me that God's real or anything. He was just telling me about experiences that happened to him when he was in the army so he, and whatnot. He met some producers apparently. They're the devil. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean, he's 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 a good man. He's a good man, and I I advertise him every time I talk to somebody about my show. I advertise him because he's a his episode is one of my favorites, and he was literally my fourth and fifth episode. I was so lucky to get him on when I did. Cool. Well, Miles, anything else from you before we we bid uh, farewell to? Jeremy? Can they? Uh, do you know anyone that can uh, may look at a picture of an object, like on the internet, for instance, and get a vibe off it? You think, or would they have to see it in person? Do you think? Well, a vibe for what? To locate an object? Are you saying, or to just like, get a fe feeling for what it's about? Let's say I had a um, an object that I'm trying to. Uh, I think. What is the word, Bob? Prominence. I'm trying to. Uh, oh, you want to authenticate something? You want to? I want to authenticate something, but I have to draw a straight line between the something and the person that formerly owned it. Uh, I mean, but if I set a picture to like Joe Smith, he can do it. Are there people out there that can do that? Like, look at it and like, like I could, I get, a, I pick up something, you know, blah, 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 you know, or. Um, I mean. Would that some some psychics might be able to do that? I mean, that's kind of a broad thing to ask, but yeah, my su my suggestion would be astral projectionist. Okay. People that can actually people that can astral project themselves while sleeping. Because I've had um, Vincent Field. He he wrote a book called Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming. I have I have my show probably a year and a half ago at least, if not earlier than that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, and my co-host Deborah has done on Global Strangers too. She took a class on during COVID. And, I mean, there are police officers and detectives taking classes on astral projection too as well. I've talked mm -hmm. to them as well. And astral projection basically is, if you ask a natural projectionist to find something while they're projecting, they usually can if they have a general idea of where the person is that has it or where the item is, they usually can project themselves and it may take a couple times, but they, they will find where the item is. Mm. Okay. It, I mean, it's basically a way to break and enter without actually breaking and entering. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, what was the CIA and so forth used, um, 
Oh, oh the, the Montauk, the Montauk project, and um, yeah, the other one I can't think of at the moment. Uh, that's just like the Montauk project. God damn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but yeah, they they use that um, remote viewing and, and things like that to uh, to get to find out information, get secrets, and and they were using it oddly enough that loops back to our nuclear. Uh, conversation because they were using it to find. Um, oh, MK Ultra, MK Ultra. Yeah. That's your thing. Oh, uh, MK. You, you use it to find people who are refining uranium. At one point. Oh, I mean, my co-host Deborah on Global Strangers took a class in astral, astral projection when she was during COVID because what else is there to do? And there's literally a police detective from Brooklyn, New York, in her class. Mm-hmm. And he, he straight up said the cops are using this more and more as a way to find out things without having to get warrants. Yeah. Interesting. So, That's wild. Which, I mean, that right there like made me perk up right away. Like, really? If police are using something, then you know, one, the FBI, CIA, IRS, government's using that thing because police don't use something unless it's approved by the government. And two... That's almost creepy that police are trying <laughs> are using that. That's almost creepy to a degree. Sure. Yeah. Well, some of the creepiest people I know are policemen, so. Stand oh, I Oh, my, my my dad's best friends were cops, so yeah, there's some creepy <laughs> cops out there. But 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, I want to thank you very much for your time, for talking to me tonight, and, and Miles for just a few minutes because he's apparently brought a broken watch. And uh, everybody, uh, well, well, Jeremy, tell people where they can find you. I guess we'll do it that way. All right. Well, this this might be a minute, folks, but um, you can find me on Paranormal New Normal, Maniacal Music Musings, or Bracket Bastards, wherever, or um, on the Asylum with Harley on the Mod Squad network wherever you find your podcast you can also find me on facebook as uncensored untamed and unapologetic youtube podcast collective facebook group you can find me on xx baby and the gram is that juggle bastard you can find me on tiktok as that juggle ba- at juggle bastard podcast to see funny clips from all my shows and you can find me on youtube as monaco music musings paranormal New normal or Bracket Bastards. That's what we Bracket Bastards streams every Sunday at three East, two Central on YouTube, and my shows are streaming live always on Facebook, Twitter, and sometimes YouTube. So I mean, you can find my shows streaming live in a lot of places. Just follow, and you'll see it eventually. All right. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. And we'll catch you. And be sure. And be sure to check. Be sure to check out Bob's episode next. Next. Uh, Next week, uh, a week from Saturday, ah, Bob's episode, Bob's, Bob's episode right. Paranormal Normal drops. So, and we talk about all kinds of kooky stuff. It's a fun. Oh, we a fun we had a we had a fun conversation. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember half. Of it. That's why it's, I know it's a fun conversation. But I know I wrote the I wrote the title down while we were doing the show, and the title of the show literally is "Do Ghost Burp and Fart." Also, I didn't see any shadow boobs. Asking the important questions. There you go. <laughs> no shadow boobs. Mm. Till so, next time, folks. 